Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 23 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's Black and Gold brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 74 of Rust Subtopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT on USA. And normally I say my wrestling week starts with NXT on Tuesdays, but Monday Night Raw was serviceable this week and I was very happy about that for a change which made me extra excited for last night's NXT and this show was fine we had some good matches but this was all about providing maintenance heading into the Great American Bash in a couple of weeks on USA and we have two matches on tap the aforementioned Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly 2 the sanctioned match with rules versus your unsanctioned match without rules at TakeOver San and Deliver a couple of months ago on Peacock and of course MSK defends the NXT Tag Team Championship against Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher and that promises to be one hell of a match and an interesting clash of styles considering the fact that MSK flies around a lot and Ciampa and Thatcher will ground and pound you until you submit so that is going to be a treat to watch and the crowd reaction should be most interesting as well because as we all know MSK have gotten the boober treatment over the past several months at the Capitol Wrestling Center it's been a bit better with about 300 people in the audience but when you have die hard hardcore Chompa lovers out there who latch on to Thatcher as well. They might have the home field advantage during this matchup, but we shall see in a couple of weeks' time. But before we focus on the future, let's focus on what went down last night on NXT taking place live from the CWC in Orlando, Florida, as we kick things off with Adam Cole, baby. And he is not here for the change in management regarding Samoa Joe's presence as a special guest enforcer for NXT GM William Regal. And he's like, I'm not changing for no one. I'm not respecting the rules or the laws around here. I'm going to do me always. So forget me picking a challenger in the back for my match tonight. So I'm done. And then all of a sudden, Carmelo Hayes' music hits. He comes out and says, I'm going to make you change your mind, Adam Cole. And Cole's like, how are you going to do that? And Carmelo Hayes pays tribute to the great John Cena by saying ruthless aggression and he pops Adam Cole in the face and the crowd respects that huspa from Mr. Hayes and I loved it too as we are approaching the 20 year anniversary of John Cena's debut in WWE wearing those really tight spandex shorts being the traditional wrestler getting in Kurt Angle's face, popping him in set face, and taking him to the limit in a good match on SmackDown that saw him lose in the end, but Cena got the nod and pat on the back from The Undertaker. And that was a sign of things to come for the next 20 years, almost, in John Cena's illustrious and legendary career. And the 19th anniversary is this month. And I can only imagine the huge encompassing documentary on John Cena's 20 years in WWE, which will drop sometime next year on Peacock to really culminate and celebrate the occasion. So it's fitting that Carmelo Hayes does the exact same thing to Adam Cole in a nice nod 
to this day or this week in wrestling history. So from there, we have a pretty competitive match. We saw Carmelo Hayes previously face Kushida for a shot at the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I preferred this match against Adam Cole as they worked incredibly well together and had a sneaky good match. Carmelo did a great dive on the outside early on until Cole took control prior to the commercial break by throwing Carmelo into the plexiglass barricade multiple times and whooped his ass all through the picture in picture. We come back and Cole hits a belly back suplex on Hayes as well until Hayes makes a good comeback, including a step up in Zaguri, a springboard cold breaker on Cole at one point for another near fall. And they trade pump kicks at one point, which I enjoyed immensely. But the highlight of the match was Carmelo Hayes avoiding the first Panama Sunrise from Adam Cole by kicking him in the upper throat area. So Carmelo goes up top for a springboard of his own. He gets caught in midair by Cole with a super kick. Hit him flush in the face. Cole goes up top, hits the Panama Sunrise. And I've seen this move hit plenty of times and I love it. But this was especially great as Carmelo Hayes did the full head stand like a tree. Very Shawn Michaels-esque as he got pinned. And I love how Cole added that little bit of attention to detail to hook the arms deep for the leverage pin as Carmelo's legs were kicking out. But that's not enough. The shoulders must be up as well. And that's a good way to protect Panama Sunrise as a finisher because it's such a gnarly spot. But sometimes it's a setup for the last shot by Adam Cole. And I think he needs two strong finishers that are kickout proof. And Panama Sunrise definitely falls under that category. I have a very soft spot for Canadian destroyers in wrestling. And they can be hit on the ring apron, on the floor, on the ramp, in the ring, through tables, for example, as well. But for me, that should be a protected finisher, not a transitional spot to keep the match going. So on this night, I appreciate the fact that Carmelo sold and he got pinned clean and had a great performance against Adam Cole. I would love to see this match again very soon as they both put in that work and displayed what could be with a more balanced feud down the road. Next up is Johnny Gagano and Austin Theory coming out to talk shit about Karrion Cross. As Johnny Wrestling takes a page out of Adam Cole's playbook to say, if it's you and me straight up, I would wrestle circles around you. I would own you in this ring. I would take your championship. And the fans were clapping. And I'm like, oh, damn, these five foot eighters are coming for Karrion Cross with the quickness. Adam Cole, Johnny Gagano, Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, at least Johnny didn't get choked out or pinned at TakeOver nearly two weeks ago so he can talk his shit and say, hey, you didn't get me, so I still got something to say. Then Pete Dunne and Orny Lorcan come out to say, hey, Johnny, you don't get to skip the line and say that I'm not important here, that I'm not a threat to you and Karrion Cross because you haven't beaten me. And then we have the way seat to the ring and Pete Dunne manages to grab the hand of Austin Theory and snap his fingers, which makes Johnny and Austin very angry as they storm into William Rico's office and say, we demand a match tonight. And William Rico makes it official for later in the show, as it will be the ways Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory versus Pete Dunn and Orny Lorcan. And that would be a match. But before we get to that, it was time for Io Shirai and Zoe Stark teaming up against Aaliyah and Jessica Maya. And Io Shirai made it clear to Zoe Stark, I respect you, but I don't like you. But let's team up nonetheless. Io has no friends, and I'm not mad at that. The match itself was fine. Io, per the usual, 
gets to shine. Springboard drop kicks, whooping ass, double knees in the corner to Aaliyah and Jessica May at one point. Zori Stark sells a little bit too much to Jessica Maya for me as Kamea is still very green in the ring. Thinking a lot between spots, not really good with transitional spots, but Zoe does make a great recovery with a beautiful double drop kick to Kamea and Aaliyah down the stretch. Before making the hot tag to Yo Shirai, she goes up top to hit the moonsault on Jesse Kamea for the one, two, three. And during this time, we have the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae looking on. And from there, we have challengers galore. From Dakota Kai to Raquel Gonzalez to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. And I have to say, I was not a big fan of Shotzi and Ember's promo. It was a little bit too extra for me, but I appreciate their pluck nonetheless. As we have a full-on fight with the challengers as Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell leave the scene. Samoa Joe knows better to get in this fight as he calls for security to break things up. So despite Samoa Joe being the special guest enforcer, Brawls are still breaking out all over the place at the CWC, which sets up a Chupa Threat tag team match featuring Dakota and Raquel versus Shotzi and Ember versus Eo and Zoe. And the winners will face the women's tag team champions, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae at the Great American Bash in two weeks time on USA. And this promises to be a very fun, batshit crazy match. And who wins? Is anybody's guess? I could say Dakota and Raquel since they were on this kick to get back those titles. And I sense a twisty turn eventually from Dakota Kai against Raquel Gonzalez. We shall see as that next takeover looms ever closer on the horizon. But we shall see. But a good segment to forward this feud and highlight teams of value in the NXT Women's Tag Team Division. Next up is The Way. Johnny Gagano and Austin Theory versus the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne and Orny Lorcan. And this was a great tag team match. And this was by far Johnny Gagano's best pure babyface performance in well over a year and a half. Because he came out there last night and gave you classic 2016, 17, 18, 19 Johnny Wrestling. He came out there and gave those people a show. They chanted Johnny Wrestling. They loved him. He fed off their energy. And I missed that Johnny Gargano, a guy that is simply supreme in the ring. And he was there for every spot, hitting the spear on Ernie Lorcan, having a great battle with Pete Dunne. And Austin Theory held his own. I love the little nod of my fingers hurt like hell. I can't even take the hot tag without it hurting. And he gets in there and he grapples with Pete Dunne. He gets his ass kicked but fights back valiantly as he survives those shots. And Orny Lorcan goes up top, hit that modified Spanish fly in a great spot for another near fall. Love the assisted charging drop kick to Pete Dunne as Gargano held him early on as well in a great spot that was pretty damn creative. And the finishing sequence was amazing as we had Gargano avoid the bitter end a couple of times courtesy of Dunn. He takes Dunn out of the ring and he dives and hits a gorgeous, clean, smooth as butter tornado DDT on the floor before getting back in the ring and hitting the one final beat on Orny Lorcan clean as hell for the win. Johnny Wrestling was on point tonight, reminding everybody who he is. 
that you want to embrace this man, love him and appreciate his greatness on display. Those people loved him last night. Yes, the comedy is cute. But when Johnny Wrestling has a fire in his belly to fight with everything he's got, he's untouchable in that ring. And last night was no exception. For Austin Theory to hang in there was pretty impressive as well. And then as Gargano celebrating on the ramp, he gets attacked from behind, courtesy of Karrion Cross. And this could be an allusion to an NXT Championship match for the Great American Bash featuring Cross and Gargano for the title. It's very curious timing as there has been word on the street that Karrion Cross and Scarlett are not long for NXT. They've had a couple of auditions for the WWE main roster alongside Bronson Reed over the last week or so. Some dark matches were taped. Some main event matches were filmed for this week as well. So I don't know how long their tenures on NXT is going to last, but it would be quite the trip to see Johnny Gargano regain the NXT championship in 2021 and be the guy in NXT once again. I don't know if we would get that, but I'm sure the people will be solidly behind that man when or if that happens because Karrion Cross right now is persona non grata as NXT champion on NXT. The fans have turned on him in a big way after that little quasi face turn post staying in deliver night too when he won the championship from Finn Balor to be a two-time NXT champion. And I think the moment Adam Cole got on that mic and ethered that man to no end, that was the end of the Karrion Cross quasi babyface experiment. And we've had a lot of five foot eighters come for him on the mic and in the ring with zero fear. And they want all the smoke when it comes to Karrion Cross. And for me, I go back to what Finn Balor said nearly two years ago on WWE backstage when he made the jump back to NXT. NXT is very Broadway. It's stripped down. It's intimate. We give you exactly what you want as a wrestling fan. No frills, no sports entertainment. You can get that from main roster WWE as he compared it to Marvel. Very Disney-like. And I don't think that Karrion Cross is going to be mistaken for a Marvel superhero anytime soon unless he's Thanos or an anti-hero at the end of the day. But I do feel as if Karrion Cross is tailor-made for the main roster and simply out of place on NXT. He and Scarlett are main roster ready. They were ready since that elaborate entrance a year and a half ago when they made their initial debut on NXT in a building filled with zero people at Full Sail University during the early days of the pandemic. It's a main event presentation that is beyond the scope of NXT, and that's okay. Karrion Cross can get over as a big-time star on main roster WWE. He has a great presence about him. He can talk. Scarlett has a great persona and look to boot, and they will get over facing comparable badasses on Raw or SmackDown, and I'm down for that whenever they do the draft or if they decide to do call-ups out of the blue when WWE goes back on the road in July. But this is a rare case of the NXT experiment not working for a Karrion Cross because I think he is more tailor-made for main roster WWE, and that's good. For once, we want someone to get called up because I think their talents would be used in a better way and they get to be freer and themselves and that kind of offense kind of fits better for what Raw and SmackDown needs right now. And he is charismatic and talented. And I just think that for NXT, it's not the right fit. And that is okay because the main roster 
need some star power and Scarlett and Carrion can provide that in a big way if they are allowed to shine bright on Monday or Friday nights. Next up is Karrion Cross confronting Samoa Joe backstage and reminding him that the rules have changed and you must be provoked before you can touch me. And they walk away and Scarlett gives Samoa Joe the death stare. Then Pete Dunne stares down Samoa Joe for the second week in a row. So our weekly cock teasing of will Samoa Joe wrestle on NXT before the end of the year? Because we have teased matches with Pete Dunne, Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, and I'm all in on all of those matches. If Samoa Joe is cleared to compete, of course, and hopefully that day will come very, very soon. Next up is our main event for the evening, and it's Kushida, the reigning defending NXT Cruiserweight Champion versus Kyle O'Reilly. And this match lived up to expectations. They have wrestled each other in the past numerous times. They have great built-in chemistry together, and last night was no exception. Great grappling early on. Two in-ring technicians going out there trying to pick the arm, pick the feet, go for their submission holds to no avail as they know each other too well. And the fans appreciate the ground and pound, the technicality of what they do on the mat. And then when it's time to whoop ass, they whoop ass. They trade strikes, slaps, chops. They try to cut each other down at various points as Kushida tries to target the left arm of Kyle O'Reilly to lock in the hoverboard lock at one point. But Kyle makes a great comeback as he drops Kushida with a brain buster, goes up top for the bombs away knee drop. That is avoided courtesy of Kushida moving out of the way. He goes back to the left arm of Kyle O'Reilly, traps it behind his back and delivers a gnarly suplex on the hardest part of the ring, the ring apron, of course, Kushida also delivered a beautiful butterfly suplex to Kyle near the ropes early on as well for another near fall. But it's all about the hoverboard lock. Let me submit this man, tap him out, go home. And they grapple and they fight. And Kyle is smart enough to hook his hand in his tights to avoid the submission being locked in by Kushida. And as they're grappling on the mat, Kyle has a rarethal to do an inside cradle to Kushida to score the quick win. A great match. Both men are bone tired. They're leaning against each other. They hug each other. They tap, say, good job, respect, love. Kushida says, I'll get you next time as he pounds the mat in frustration. And as we think NXT is going to go off the air on a happy note, we have Kyle shove Kushida out of the way as Adam Cole tries a sneak attack, Kyle O'Reilly from behind, and they get in another fight that spills over to the announce table. They fight on the barricade, and officials break things up. Samoa Joe is directing traffic to separate both men ahead of their match a couple of weeks from now at the Great American Bash. And no, Samoa Joe is not provoked on this night by Adam Cole, but he is certainly pushing his luck. But then we have more action in the ring as Kushida is ambushed by someone in all black. And it is revealed to be Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, and Hideki Suzuki, alongside Malcolm Bivens, providing the voice for the debuting Diamond Mine on NXT as we close the show a little after 10 after the hour. And this was a great closing angle as we got the match between Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly with a clean finish. We had Adam Cole attack Kyle and they have a great back and forth brawl. Samoa Joe is there to try to break up the fight and Adam Cole did not provoke Samoa Joe. 
yet, but we shall see as the weeks unfold. And we end the night with the debut of the Diamond Mine and Malcolm Bivens being the face of the operation with Roderick Strong being the leader from an in-ring standpoint. And I love it because I remember Malcolm Bivens called Tyler Rust a diamond in the rust. Several months ago when he had that start and stop push on television was pulled recently to launch Diamond Mine apparently with Roderick Strong and Hideki Suzuki who is a legend in big Japan. So he is going to be a big difference maker on NXT TV. I love the dynamic of this trio and Malcolm Bivens being the spokesperson because Malcolm has been severely underutilized on NXT. We go back to what he did last year within the share. They had a couple of matches and they were not ready for prime time, especially during a pandemic when nobody can react to you. And that was not Malcolm Bivens' fault. He left television for a while, came back with Tyler Rust. I love the dynamic for a bit as Bivens scoped out the trainer's room every week to say, hey, this guy is injured. This guy is injured. That's an easy beat. But it was not. And Tyler Rust was impressive, especially against Ciampa late last year. But he was missing that extra something, something for him to stand out in a big way. And here's hoping Diamond Mine is that way for him to break through as a personality and a performer. And Malcolm Bivens is the guy to talk for you, to hype you up, to get this crew over and watch strong. He is great on every level. Not the best promo. That's what Malcolm Bivens is there for, to provide that vocal punch to get this group over in the best possible way. And Adeki Suzuki, I'm happy for him. The stare down at Kushida at the end to say, dude, you are nothing. We are here now to take your championship. I loved that energy from him as well. So I am very happy that this is the final result of what Diamond Mine is. We have a lot of crews in NXT from Legato de Fantasma, Hit Row, Diamond Mine, The Way, whatever Pete Dunne, Ernie Lorcan, and Danny Burch are right now, Imperium, for example, as well. So there are a lot of teams on NXT, and it should be noted that Roddy Strong is leading his own faction, and he opted to attack Kushida and not Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole for now. And those are big money matches down the road as well, and I'm here for it. Patience is a virtue, but I'm sure that NXT is going to pay these storylines off in the months to come. And this wraps up a pretty serviceable edition of NXT. Nothing blow away besides a tag team match featuring Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory versus Pete Dunne and Orny Lorcan. The opener with Carmelo Hayes versus Adam Cole was pretty good as well. And of course, Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly speaks for itself in terms of a technical masterpiece. But the Diamond Mine has made their debut and they're going to shake things up on NXT. And I cannot wait as the road to the Great American Bash winds down with three matches announced with a few more to come in the week to come as we check socials and television as we get ready for the July Classic in a couple of weeks time on USA. I do want to point out that Frankie Monet scored her encore performance victory over Electra Lopez in a decent enhancement match. We also had Hit Row Destroy Ever Rise in pretty decisive fashion. And for next week, Mercedes Martinez was challenged to a mixed tag team match as she will pick a partner of her choice to face Zia Lee and Boa. And Zia Lee attacks Mercedes from behind. Boa stands over Mercedes and he gets super kicked by Jake Atlas and he will be Mercedes partner next week. So good television time for Jake Atlas and Mercedes as they take on Boa and Zia Lee. And I can only imagine that Mei Ling will be watching the match from the comfort of her throne 
as we wind down the hype for the Great American Bash on Tuesday, July 6th. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 23 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's Black and Gold brand. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Subtopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, and Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. Feel free to download past episodes on all of your favorite podcast directories. Dating back to season one as we get ready for the Great American Bash in two weeks' time on USA. You know what to do. Search Russell Subtopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon, Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 70 of the SmackDown Wind Down and the SmackDown Wind Down Only. Recapping the highs and lows from Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. It should be noted that even though there is no Friday Night AEW Dynamite, we do have Saturday Night Dynamite going down Saturday, June 26th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern on TNT, and you will get a Sunday Dynamite Effect. Recapping the fallout from Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW World Championship and a full rundown of the show for your listening pleasure to start a brand new week a day in advance if you can believe it or not, which is a rarity on this podcast, but I got you covered nonetheless. So until Saturday with your SmackDown wind down, enjoy your hump day, your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Oh,